On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. We wanted to talk uh, in slightly more detail about one of the other major stories of the week, which is the failure of the Adoption Authority of Ireland and of TUSLA uh, to respond to people uh, within the legal deadline, giving them access to certain information about their own birth and other uh, fundamental records of personal information. Uh, Under legislation that commenced a little over a month ago, anyone now applying to those bodies is due to receive their information back within 30 days. And that's supposed to be a statutory deadline. But it seems that the overwhelming majority of people who signed up to get their own information, adopted people who want access to their own birth records or other fundamental information about the origins of their lives uh, haven't gotten that. Uh, The features editor for the Sunday Times, Jennifer Stevens, is one of them. She's written in the paper in the last few weeks about her experiences in looking for information. She was supposed to have gotten uh, her information this week but hasn't done so. Uh, Jen, thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us today. Can you, uh, first of all, just talk us through exactly uh, when you went applying for your information from the Adoption Authority? I applied on the 4th of October, which I think was the second day. And I applied in a coffee shop on Tara Street on an absolute whim. Uh, On an absolute whim. That might be surprising for a lot of people because this would be something that others might have, you know, been desperate to do or something that they would have thought long and hard about. Was it something that you'd thought long and hard about before you decided to do it? I had had contact with the Adoption Authority before um, in 2009 and I hadn't got very far and I had very little kind of belief, you know, in their ability to do anything in any way. And so I kind of watched what was happening um, with the bill and stuff with a fairly cynical eye, to be fair. And it wasn't something that I really was going to do. And I was listening to the news and I was watching, you know, the work WhatsApp that morning on the 4th and I saw them going back and forward talking about how many people had applied. And I just had my laptop in front of me because I was doing some meetings and I logged on. I looked at it and I went, fine. And I just filled out the form. Uh, for, press submit for, for, for those of us then who haven't had to do it, I, I'd imagine then but by your description, it sounds like it's not the most exhaustive of forms. It was fine, but I believe I only filled out the Adoption Authority of Ireland form. I believe the TUSLA one was more complicated, but I know that my uh, records are held by AAI because I've been in touch with them before. My adoption agency is closed and everything went to them. So I was only going to do one form. I did see people say, oh, you should fill out two forms to be sure. But I I know where my records are, so I I was fairly confident. So no, it wasn't hard at all. It was fine. So there's an argument then that if you know exactly where your records are, that there's no need for you to duplicate the worker to cause any more of a, a bureaucratic backlog by applying to people who can't help you out. So from that sense, at least it should be targeted. Um, how do you feel about the fact that the, it was stipulated in law that you were supposed to get your reply back within 30 days and now it's going to take probably three times that, if not longer? Well, the first email that I got back, the one to confirm my application, does say, which made me laugh, we will reply, you know, we will have this to you in 30 days. But if we don't have a queue in 30 days, the Act provides for an extension of a further 60 days. So from the very start on the 4th of October, you know, they were covering their, you know, their bets, really. They they knew, I think, and they, they have it stipulated that they have an extra 60 days. So I didn't expect to get anything in 30 days, Gavin, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't have a lot of faith in them. And so when I saw the 60 days, I was like, grand, it'll be a 90 day process. And then I got another email on the 28th saying, yeah, we, we can't do that. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I 
I couldn't roll my eyes any harder. They would have fallen out the back of my head, to be honest with you. Well, I suppose at least they were managing expectations from from the very get-go. The chief executive of the Adoption Authority said this week that they had only managed to, between themselves and Tusla, I think they said they'd only managed to turn around about 70 applications out of a total that have been received so far of 7,000 and presumably more to come. Um, Based on that, it wouldn't sound like there's a huge amount of faith or optimism that you'd actually get your reply within 90 days either. No, I mean, I think... After I had finished rolling my eyes, I was annoyed. I was really annoyed because they knew this was coming. Like it's been in the pipeline for so long. It's not a surprise that people would say, oh, my God, I can get a birth certificate. Amazing. I'm going to apply. It's not a surprise that these people have applied. The fact that they couldn't get their act together to have enough staff, you know, to have the processes in place. I mean, disappointing isn't the word to cover it, really. It's it's infuriating. It's upsetting. It's. Um, it's another example of adopted people just not getting the respect that they should get at this point, I think. You know, I'm not surprised. I am surprised that I'm so annoyed, actually. I am surprised and so annoyed. I thought I would just be resigned to inefficiency and disrespect. But actually, it turns out I'm not. I'm annoyed now. I'm really angry. I think it's, I just think it's an appalling way to treat people. Um, tell me about the first time that you applied for your records. I think you said that you'd you'd sought them from the Adoption Authority. Was it in 2009? Uh, what issues did you run up against at the time? Well, um, the first issue was that I um, sent initial contact by email in 2007 um, and got a response saying we have uh, received your email and we'll be in touch. I had to get in touch again in 2009 and say, oh, hi, just wondering about that. Wow. Um, and they said, oh, we had given you to a social worker. She's due to retire. So we've put you on somebody else's list. Um, and then a few months later, I got a call to come in and see them. Um, so it was two years um, from my initial email. So you can imagine how I'm used to inefficiency. Yeah. Um, and when I went in, it was just a very kind of disappointing experience all around, really. I was very nervous um, and she was very busy, um, which is fine, but very, um, I suppose I would use the word dismissive. She had a a piece of paper with a couple of things written on it, um, the hospital I was born in, my birth weight and the fact that mother and baby were both fine, but she had nothing else. And when I queried that, um, she said, oh, God, he was a terrible man for keeping the records. So this is the priest. which I found, I just, I found it kind of a really disgusting thing to say. Like it was very flippant. She kind of was laughing at him and at me by extension. Um, And she said, do you want to know anything else? And I was really kind of lost for words, but I did say, oh, I want to know if there was an institution or a mother and baby home involved in my birth. And she said, oh, no, absolutely not. Nope. And I said, is that written on your piece of paper? And she just kind of looked at me like it wasn't. So I was wondering how she knew so quickly and so definitely that there was no, you know, no mother and baby home involved and she wouldn't kind of elaborate on that. And so I left. Um, she said, oh, you seem very upset. Is there anything else going on? And I said, no, the, the upset is from this situation. It's not from anything else. Thanks very much. Um, I'll, I'll head off now. And so that was it. That was the end of my contact with them um, until now. Um, I, I'm really surprised uh, to hear that someone who's supposed to work in that sort of profession, whose job is literally as a social worker of some sort, could be so um, insensitive 
almost so heartless when they're dealing with somebody who is looking for fundamental questions about their own identity and then to come along with some bits handwritten on a piece of paper but then clearly not even to be exhaustive about whether to say whether there was a mother and baby home or not. I'm just really surprised and I imagine you were too at the time that somebody who is supposed to be in that profession could be so clinical about it. Yeah, um, I think I wrote that piece for the Sunday Times and I've had so much contact, Gavin, like a huge amount of contact from people. And um, a lot of people who are not adopted are very surprised. And anybody who is adopted is not surprised. I think um, I think that there was a culture of, you know, giving out as little information as possible Um you know, we know from the reports that they knew stuff had been going on and they denied it. You know, we know that there's a culture of misinformation um, and secrecy around people's births. And so having that conversation with her was upsetting, but not surprising necessarily. I, you know, I didn't really expect an awful lot more. Um, And also I felt that I didn't deserve an awful lot more. I, I, I had been made to feel, you know, oh, you can't ask for certain things. You can't have, you know, there's a whole thing about what you cannot have. Even in this process, if the birth parents have asked for privacy, at one point in in the discussions around the act, you were going to have to go in and have a physical conversation with a social worker who would explain privacy to you. Mm. I mean, that is the most patronizing thing I've ever heard in my life. You don't have to have a a face-to-face meeting there, but you do still have to have a phone call. Adopted people don't need to have privacy explained to them. They don't need, you know, nobody is going to go and knock on someone's door when they have been rejected once. You know, they, they don't want to be rejected twice. Like we we do not need a conversation about privacy. We do not need to be told how to act. You know, so the attitude, I don't believe, has changed. You know, there are things you are not entitled to. You should not ask for. You do not need to know. I mean, nobody knows what I need to know except me. Mm. Um, given you were told first time around that the priest who it seems was responsible for keeping records, that he was a terrible man for records, do you have any genuine reason to hope that those records do exist now somewhere within the Adoption Authority's archive and that you might be able to find more details about your original identity and where you were born? I, uh, no, I, I I don't expect there to be very much there at all, but I do expect to receive a birth certificate because I'm entitled to a birth certificate. And that's kind of the only thing that I've got into this process looking for. Um, a birth cert is something that everybody in this country takes for granted. It's, it's you know, a lot of people don't realise that I don't have a birth certificate. Um, I would like that. I would like to see the names written down. I would like to know what I was called when I was born. And apart from that, I'm not looking for anything else. And I don't believe that there's going to be anything else. I mean, some people are saying, oh, there could be letters left for you or photographs. I don't believe that this man, you know, collected personal effects like that and kept them on file carefully. I I don't think that happened. And that's fine. But I would like a birth certificate because I am entitled to one. Uh, do you think it would give you and I don't mean to, to project or maybe if this is an insensitive word you might correct me but would it give you some sense of closure about your, your origins into this world if you did receive something like that? Um, I don't think it's closure um, I don't think it's closure but it is I mean look I'm a journalist I'm really nosy and I would really like some information I'd like a story I love a good story so that's what I'm really after Um. I don't think closure is probably the right term because, you know, you carry on and live your life and the story continues. So I don't think there'll be closure around it. But it would be um, 
I've never been upset or bothered by being adopted, but I was upset and bothered as a child when we had to bring birth certificates into school and I had a different um, big, long piece of paper, the entry into the adoption register of Ireland and not necessarily children. It wasn't children that noticed it, but teachers did and would look at you funny or priests would and look at you funny. And, um, you know, when I got married and I had to, you have to bring a birth cert in, mm. I have to bring the other form in. You're always... Um, giving somebody a part of your story that you don't necessarily want to share. And as a child, that's, it's difficult to be different as a child, you know, and to know that people are looking at you differently. And so the birth cert for me is just something that I always wanted to have because I wanted to be the same as everybody else. So it, it, it's the only part of it that bothered me. And so I think to have it would make a, a bit of a difference. Uh, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for giving us so much of your time and to explain uh, your circumstances today. That's Jennifer Stevens, who is the features editor of the Sunday Times, one of over 7,000 people who have applied to date for their uh, birth records from the Adoption Authority from Tusla. In fact, the CEO of the Adoption Authority, Patricia Carey, has been in touch via Twitter this morning. She does point out that the statutory deadline allows for an extension to 90 days. Uh, it is regrettable, she says, that the 30 days was not met, but confirms that there's been 7,000 applications to date. We've also had a tweet this morning from Claire McKechnie who says that the blame for delays in people's records, uh, releasing people's records, lies squarely on the shoulders of the minister, she believes, due to the lack of meaningful consultation with affected people and because of how the legislation defines information uh, to begin with. Claire is one of the uh, several thousands of people who have yet to receive uh, what she believes are the adequate records from the Adoption Authority. On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.